gone. I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> it doesn't seem fine. <laughs> it's your sixth try, a synopsis of a movie. It has one plot point. The plot point is Ed Harris is going to blow everyone up. I am sucking at this right now. Oh, you're doing good. Am I? Oh, you were. I was. Not now. Not now. This isn't, this isn't good content. This is bad content. <laughs> Welcome to the Cage Equation with your hosts Malcolm Mickelson and me, Drake Mickelson. We'll select, scrutinize, and solve this question about a Nicolas Cage movie. Did Cage fail the movie, or did the movie fail Cage? The spoiler alert is the answer is always the latter. Proceeding on the undeniable that Nicolas Cage can only create perfection, we will place the movie's failings at the feet of another. To that end, we will start with the Metacritic score and assign culpability for each point Nick to the following three Cage Agories. Direction, script, and cage stars. Who blended this movie's cageosity? We're about to find out. And this episode, we, this week is The Rock, where Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery try to rescue hostages held on Alcatraz by Ed Harris's General Francis X. Hummel, who is also aided, of course, by the Candyman. He has three missiles armed with possibly the worst stuff ever created that will kill thousands of people. He has approximately, I think, 15 hostages. And all that Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage have are the best trained SEALs in the world who promptly get killed almost immediately. I would like to say there's more to the plot than that. Um, there really isn't. And somehow they stretch this out to two hours and 20 minutes, I believe is the runtime on this. We're going to go straight into what we'd like to call the historical context of this movie. Um, as far as Nicolas Cage goes, this is in 1996. He's just finished two movies from the year before, Kiss of Death, Leaving Las Vegas. I think Leaving Las Vegas is where he's considered his best thespian moment, as he likes to now be referred to, as opposed to an actor. Um, after this, he then reeled off in 1997, Con Air and Face Off, which I believe pretty much cemented him as one of the top action stars in the world for at least the next uh, five to six years. Or just that year. Maybe so just that year. Um, we should probably go probably through one of the most important attributes of the movie. His name in the movie is Stanley Goodspeed, which is then followed up by... Cameron Poe and Con Air and Caster Troy and Face Off, three of possibly the greatest movie names ever. Memphis Reigns, Don 60 Seconds. Don 60 Seconds. Um, <laughs> not the you just keep reading. It just it. keeps going. Acid Yellow and Acid Sunny. Yellow. Uh, Little Junior Brown, a year before in Kiss of Death, as I mentioned before. Um, this movie had opening a box office is $25 million. It eventually went on to make $277 million versus the $75 million project production budget. It was directed by Michael Bay in his second movie, right after Bad Boys. Michael Bay, of course, then went on the next, and then two years later, to do Armageddon. And then Bad Boys 2. And then a slew of Transformers movies that grew increasingly, increasingly unwatchable. Good. Okay. Great. There we go. 
we always like to go, we call this the cage equation. So we're going to take what we think was the best of cage and then we'll go against, take all the minuses that created the Metacritic score. This week's Metacritic score, I believe was 58%. So we have to find 42%, 42% of people to blame for why this is not 100% as it should have been since Nicolas Cage was in it. So let's first look at Nicolas Cage's performance. Um, I would say, if you want to start with this one. So I don't know if we mentioned, he is an FBI-trained bomb diffuser who I believe also has a PhD in chemical engineering. And he spends his free time, I guess, sitting around with other bomb diffusers in an FBI place which is waiting for bombs to get mailed to them which seemed to be um <laughs> just seemed to be an everyday day at the work although i would say the guy that he got put in in the first scene with him he gets put in the cage in a cage cage gets put in a cage with another guy and they know there's a bo possible bomb in it which the guy immediately pulls out the baby doll and starts playing with it amazingly that sets off the uh First, it sprays. So it sprays the green stuff. That's acid. Which is the bad stuff. Yes. No, I think it's I think it's acid mixed with the the whatever they're trying to stop from being bombed on everyone. Ah, quite yeah, good. sarin gas or yes. whatever it is. Um, and then they argue about whether or not they're going to shoot themselves in the heart with atropine. Well, they argue. The only person who doesn't argue is Nicolas Cage because he is cool as a cucumber under every moment. Um. I, I'm struggling to figure out why the guy that was in the cage in inside the containment unit with him was ever hired by the FBI, let alone put in a, in a any type of situation. Because the first thing he does is freak out. Yes, he sets out the bomb. He freaks out. He demands to be released from the only thing stopping the gas from escaping. And then uh, they shoot some water on him. He's fine. Yeah, everything's good. Oh, and Nicholas Cage, of course, defuses the bomb. With, I believe, two seconds left? Yes. Or is it one second? So we already had his credentials. Um, I I would like to say he's... And then his next scene, I think, is really where he shows his, his range, where he's playing his guitar. And Naked. Has a discussion with his, yeah, has a discussion with his girlfriend, who we find out is pregnant. Um, this, this is a scene that was fought for. They wanted to cut it. And they insisted that Nicolas Cage be naked. Well, he has underwear on with a guitar to establish the fact that he is at home and relaxing. Is that what That's what they were supposed to establish. Um, and then from there, it escalates quickly. Uh, we get on the rock. Um, so as far as Cage goes, I had two scenes. Yes. Um, the first one being the bomb defusal, where I've only taken a handful of chemistry classes in college. Um and I can tell you most of what they did makes no sense. Um, but also, this there's this magical gas out there, I guess, that is both an acid and a chemical weapon. And I'm very confused by that. It's kind of like head and shoulders two-in-one where it's a conditioner and a shampoo. Oh, okay. Well, it's convincing enough, uh, I guess, a real-life... Um, I think it was either a British soldier or an American soldier who lied about seeing uh, weapons of mass destruction in war, use the description of what this gas does from this movie 
as the description of a real life gas attack that never occurred. And the the gas capsules that were it was stored in. This is actually the second gas that was introduced. Oh. And the beads. I remember reading this too that they described in the gas capsules on a long, long string of beads. Which even as you're watching in the movie, you're thinking to yourselves, why would you put? I mean, you're going to use a missile, an exploded missile. So obviously, I don't think it needs to be something that could just break if you drop it on the ground. But that's what they've decided to encase all these in. Um, yes. <laughs> well, the science in the movie, I, I don't know if that may be the strongest point, but I'm starting to believe maybe it might be true, possible. Yeah, everything else is so realistic. Um, my other favorite scene doesn't really have Nicolas Cage in it too much, is the single Navy SEAL who just who survives all the other Navy SEALs getting slaughtered right in front of him, decides the best move is to go into that room also to die. Harry Carey, Japanese honor suicide. Um, And those are two of the only scenes I remember from this entire movie because the rest kind of blends. There's there's fire boilers that Sean Connery, for some reason the, the boilers are still on on Alcatraz. Yes. Um, well, you almost, I mean, but they, they wouldn't have been able to get the Super Mario element of the movie where he rolls through the flames in a timed version. He counted it. Yeah, he memorized the, the fires. Um, well, do you have any, any Nicolas Cage scenes? That okay, so you? I'm going to just say this right now. My favorite Nicolas Cage line in the movie comes in when Sean Connery has been freed. They've got him in the interrogation room. And he swings open the door and does, I think, his third voice in the movie. That's his, he does a very deep voice. He goes, it's FBI agent voice. FBI agent voice. At which point, Sean Craig goes, who are you? And he says, my favorite line always like, I'm Stanley Goodspeed. And he doesn't say it like who he is. It's like, well, of course. How many PhD bomb diffusers does the FBI now? have? Yes, I'm Stanley Goodspeed. Um, he changed his voice there and he also changed it when he pulled the gun on Connery and told him to drop it suddenly he went into I think now he hadn't seen it yet but I th- I'm pretty sure it was the uh, when they did the, the second Batman that he decided that would be the Batman voice because he went into a Batman voice drop the gun so those are my two favorite scenes out of the whole thing for Nicolas Cage um, I think a lot of people also like the uh that's possibly the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. When they, Sean Connery dropped the uh, conveniently placed air conditioning unit on top of the guy with a couple shots. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, he's in a, he's in a suit the whole time, unless he's in the whatever that was. Did they put him in a wetsuit? I think they put him in a wetsuit. So it's just basic black. For another scene that was fought for, which is they had to approach... The uh, the island underwater, they they wanted to cut it for finance reasons, and Michael Bay walked off set to keep it in. Well, Michael Bay is a visionary. He is. Of course, he didn't explain why after what was it, almost twenty four hours on an island with no air traffic around at all, they decided to send a f- fleet of helicopters at them. Don't think about it. I don't think about okay. it. Standard Sorry. operating procedure in, in military rescues. And if they're going to go underwater, and it's you can literally see Alcatraz from. Yeah, you can swim to it. You can. Swim. I think that's how Sean Connery got off. Got off. He swam 
But they decided they needed helicopters to drop them. Yes. Okay. Um, we, so I love all those wonderful scenes. Yeah, I don't know. I really like when he was, when he did his thing where he was not an action hero. I played, I think this is the perfect role for him because he wasn't an action hero. Put him next to Sean Connery. There's no way he's going to out Sean Connery, Sean Connery. So he goes the complete other way and is completely inept and unable to deal with it. And he played that to the hill all the way through. Um, then at the end, when he actually, they they set it up though beautifully though at the beginning with the bomb thing. So, you know, at the end, when he has to do the job, he's going to do the job. It's the only one that can. The only, the only bomb diffusing chemist around. Well, in the area. I don't know, the West Coast? Well, they have to fly him in, don't they? Yeah, but he's up on, isn't he up in, uh, he's in L.A., though. Yeah. Because he's at a port city. Maybe he's up near Seattle. I'm not sure which one it was. I don't know where most of the bombs get shipped to. I'm not familiar. Yeah. It does, but it also pulls back one of my favorite lines. It's a grunge thing. I don't remember that one. When he's taking, they asked, because uh, he uh, mentioned it was grunge. And then Sean Connery borrowed that line with the with the hairdresser. Oh, uh, yes, yes. The hairdresser he escapes from. <laughs> so, what was your favorite? So, those were your two, were your two My favorite. favorite. Nicholas Cage scenes. We're just going with favorite scene. I think it's the opening scene where Ed Harris visits his wife's grave gravestone. And you know it's his wife because he walks up to a gravestone that has her name and then it says his wife underneath. Yes. And that's the whole gravestone. Which I think is what we're... Some world building happening immediately. (laughs) (laughs) There's that, and then there's also the sniper grappling hooks. And I wrote this down like two weeks ago. I don't know exactly what I meant. All I wrote was sniper grappling hooks. Which I believe, for some reason, they shoot grappling hooks to try to go up the side of Alcatraz. No, I believe that was at the beginning. I don't know if you remember this or not, but the opening scene was first with Ed Harris, and then they... They stole the VX. Was it VX? Yes. They stole the VX gas. Um, I believe they used sniper crooks to do that so that they could drop down and do the cool um, takedowns of all the guards all around. They they completely subdued every guard at a classified military base non-lethally. Every single one. So... Okay, so so if your favorite... My favorite was still the interrogation of Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. I think it's probably the most, actually the most entertaining part of the whole thing for me. It was just, put, they, they put those two guys in a room and then they just let it go. After that, um, there were a lot of explosions. Yes, a lot of shooting. The Candyman tries to kill Ed Harris at some point because I guess, I'm not really sure, but I think he, Candyman's there for money. Yes. Ed Harris is there to avenge Soldiers not getting medals. Uh, the guy who plays the cop in House, I don't know his name. That's all I know him from. Um, I'm not sure why he's there. He doesn't seem to care one way or the other what happens at the end of this. <laughs> and then there's a couple lieutenants. There's Captain Fry. He's the other one that you can tell with Candyman's going to turn bad because he's always sweating. At all times. From, all, from the beginning of things, just... 
completely sweating and going, yeah, yeah, all the time. So him and Tony Todd, Captain Darrow, Candyman. Ah. Those are the two guys that come after them. Um, there's a list of the the people in this movie, the list of it, because they gave a list to every private Gamble, private Cox, private McCoy, Lieutenant Shepard. is amazing. Um, the only one on the other on on their side, also in the military, that I recognized was Michael Bean from, of course, Terminator. Yes, John C. McGinley was on the good side, right? That's true. Yes, uh, he gets killed pretty quick, and uh, I think most of the Navy SEALs were played by Navy SEALs, but you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. The acting was about the same, regardless. <laughs> um. Um, so we're, we're going into cage stars. We're still in we're still Nicholas cage section. Sorry. Yes, my, my mind kind of melted over this movie. So favorite cage scene. Mine's the bomb defusal. Yours is the, is the room. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the, the next is, is cage freak out next. Yeah. N- nuclear cage, nuclear cage. I think I came in when we defused the first missile after the shootout in which I previously said Sean Connery dropped the, air conditioning unit on top of the guy and Nicholas Cage goes, is that normal? Because the guy's foot's still twitching. At which point, Sean Connery says a couple things to him and Nicholas Cage tells him he's had a pretty bad freaking day. So give him a freaking break. Yes, because Nicholas Cage only cusses twice in the entire movie. Uh, my favorite Cage freak out, not really a freak out, I don't know, is when the the FBI who's running this whole operation, even though there's Navy SEALs involved now, tell the bomb-defusing chemist to stop the British secret agent from walking away in a sewer while they have Marines hunting them down. Mm-hmm. And he pulls a gun on them? Yes. And does another, does another voice on him. Yes. Which doesn't seem to work too terribly well. So they ask him, well, you have a gun. And they asked him how later how it turned out. He goes, he now has two guns. Yes. Um, there's multiple times where Sean Connery says he's leaving and then doesn't leave. I think there's three. I think he's impressed by the uh, by Goodspeed's character. His tenacity. The tenacity. He's not going to stop. Yeah. So I think I think that's the closest to Cage freak out that that I noticed. He doesn't have a full on meltdown scene. I don't think. No. But, yeah, he's got a couple earnest ones. Well, you got to remember, Nicholas Cage is playing a character, and this is not a character that freaks out. He's so good he's, speed. He's good he's speed. He's an FBI agent. He never... defuses bombs. Yeah, can't freak and out. And does chemistry. There's another one. One other shot, and this actually goes with him with not, Nick, with uh, Michael Bay, is the, uh, the Christ pose at the end, of course. Yes. With the two flares. But I think we should leave that more for Michael Bay at the end, because that's just one of the things he likes to do. As all great directors do, there usually has to be at least one slow motion Christ pose that plays directly off of Platoon at the end. So, so what we're saying is all that, which seemed out of the two hours, ten minutes, two hour twenty minutes of the movie, I think probably accounted for about a third is Nicolas Cage. So now we're going to move into the negatives, which there are many. Which would start, I would say, with the entire first first part of the scene, which I think you described as one of your favorite scenes. I don't know why the entire first 20 minutes of this movie is even in there. Which part? The military base takeover? The military base or takeover. Or the bomb defusal or the guitar. 
Aren't they up to the bomb diffuser? Or there is a relationship subplot that is planted in those toy minutes. Yes. Um, because his girlfriend, wife, someone. Girlfriend. Whoever's having the baby refuses to listen to her husband, boyfriend, that uh, I assume she knows works for the FBI as a bomb diffuser since he mentions a bomb. Yes. And he says, don't come to San Francisco. And she gets pissed off and she goes anyways. Well, she's sassy. Yeah. There's a lot of sassy. Strong-willed. Strong-willed, yeah. That seems to be... uh, Basically, all the old white guys are very uh, sullen and very under control. And then everybody else is just freaking out all the time. And then there's... Boy, there's so many good moments. I don't know how you can not like that, because it also establishes the other FBI guy, because there's two FBI guys, that put away a secret agent for... No, no, no. I'm just talking about the first... Oh. I don't think you realize how long a guy standing in the rain over the <laughs> over the grave, that's like a five-minute sequence. Oh, I thought that was just... That then blew up into a giant ex- fake explosion that says The Rock, that then goes into... A unnecessary thing. I guess the one thing it did show is how bad the gas is when the guy got locked inside and started pounding on the glass, let me out, let me out. But that was it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think they just could have condensed it because I looked down at the at my watch and it was like 15 to 20 minutes in before Nicolas Cage even appears in the movie. That explains so, how I got through so much wine so quickly. Yes. Uh, time dilation. There's that. And then also... I think right now we're going. We're going to put this under writing. Are we put this under writing? I, I think, think it, you put most things under writing. writing. <laughs> the other writing is who decided there needed to be a car chase. Oh, there was a car chase. They're chasing Sean Connery, Connery because he escapes, and then that way he gets to drive a Hummer. While Nicholas Cage, it's chases not him. a Hummer. It's a straight up Humvee. Humvee. Because I don't think Hummers had come out yet. Ah. It was a commercial military vehicle. Down because those? he says, "I need your Humvee." Yes. And it's definitely just the Humvee they painted black. He drives down the middle of the street while Nicolas Cage chases him in a, a yellow sports car of some kind. I'm sure Quantico has driving training. Of course. Well, I've always had no problem with him doing any of that. Oh, well, he did come up with a good line, too. Well, why not? When he went through the front of the garage to, to immediately wreck. Yeah. Then there's how did the guy on the streetcar survive? Because there's a giant streetcar that flips over three times and the guy that was running the tour in the streetcar stands up. Yeah, he's fine. After it blows up. I guess they also wanted to let you know. I the whole and I know it's probably some of the dated stuff, but it was a very bad chase. It was very staged. Michael Well Bay, it started with started with Sean Connery tying a rope around someone. Well and then jumping over a ledge and repelling <laughs> using that man's shoulder. No, he just that was I can tell this is such a great movie because you, you've misremembered every single part of it. I think I made it better. You may have made it better because if you would have used him as, I think you just cut you've cut out about twenty minutes out of it. If you would have repelled down the side using using his uh, what was it Mason or Womack director Womack because he loved saying that word Womack, but you just held him over the side and had and had him tell him I don't know what he had him tell him. And they tied him off, and then he went down the elevator. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, boy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I timed this one, too. It's about another 15 minutes of movie. So, so far, we're already in about an extra half-hour movie that we don't need. 
I thought Jen's. I thought the FBI director was good and slimy. Um, Ed Harris was good. Ed Harris plays Ed Harris. Yes. Yes. Um, so I'm just going through the the, the co-stars, the cage stars here. Um, the entire military, other than the actual Navy SEALs, but the the head military guys in that room when they had the the big discussion about this stuff were awful people. They kept making fun of the guy that didn't know everything about VX. The super secret gas that no one knows about. And then the chief of staff from the White House asks him about it and they make fun of him about the thing he doesn't know that he's not supposed to know. Loser. Loser. And then they all chuckle at him. And this guy's just chuckling. And then they get get the general who's taken hostages and he's acting like, hey, buddy, what's going on? What's the big deal here? After they hang up, he kind of starts, I think, starts thinking about the fact that the guy's got three missiles loaded with stuff to kill three. Is there only people. three missiles? There was only three missiles. Oh, okay. And they're hidden. They they moved the missiles all around. They hid one in a in a bathroom. Yes. They hid one in a lighthouse. And that put, one seemed a little obvious. Yeah. I don't know where the third one was. And the first thing they did, I thought, though, and maybe I'm not a military guy, so maybe this is... When they find out that somebody's coming to defuse the missiles, the first thing they did was they pulled everybody off of the missiles to giant create a giant search party to go rove around the the Alcatraz Island looking for the guys and leave the missiles unattended. Well, they left two guys on one of them. Yeah. Just two. Just two. Yeah, I don't know. It's all interesting. Ed Harris maybe shouldn't be in command, which Tony Todd agrees with. The Candyman tries to take over. Okay, um, Tony Todd's another good one, too. But I would say the entire room of people other than John Spencer in the room, I didn't understand what any of them were doing as far as actors. I think they ruined the movie. Um, the girlfriend, I think she was as good on the, on the actual movie, but I think her writing was horrible because she didn't make any sense towards the end. No, it felt unnecessary. The whole thing felt unnecessary. Because I think the, she solely exists to go to San Francisco to up the stakes. And she's also, for some reason, she gets pulled into the room with the FBI director. They're all in the, she's in the room with other, like, the other people, the other bigwigs. Yeah. For some reason. Because they often bring in the girlfriends of the bomb-diffusing chemists to sit in classified missions. And the daughter of the disgraced yes. Secret Service person that nobody knows. They all group up right where the bombs are supposed to go. In a warehouse. Is it a warehouse? It was. They they confiscated a warehouse to set up as their staging area because I, I imagine the FBI has a building somewhere. And you would think the military might have a base or two in San Francisco. It's possible. A lot of options. <laughs> Didn't use any of those. Uh, they used the whole budget on the on the water scene. So. Um, oh my gosh. So that's that's the cage stars. The the writers are <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Who did not want to be credited for the film? Uh, whoever Jonathan Hensley is, and Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> I have a feeling somebody wrote them wrote this on the back of a book somewhere, on the back of a piece of paper, and then they asked these guys to come in and punch up the script. There is some there is some Quentin Tarantino type dialogue in there. I think there's some Sorkin stuff, but then they just kind of mashed it together. No one worked on the plot. No one cut anything out. No, they could have cut. It could have been an hour and a half. I think you could have you could have said this is the bomb guy and then he can go get Sean Connery and then they could be on the island. 
We went in that order. Yeah. Ten minutes for everything else. And then on the island? Well, the island stuff was like, it was over halfway through the movie before they even got to the island. I know the more I think about this movie, I think it's one of the first examples of a video game being ported over to a movie. A bunch of cutscenes. Not a good video game either. A bunch of cutscenes followed by a car chase that ran into a Mario version of a fire fire drill. And then they decided to do some sneak around stuff. And of course, there are only three missiles. Clearly defined objectives all the way through. And we say all this knowing that this movie made $277 million. Ugh. So writing... Horrible. Awful. Let me just leave it there. Directing. I I have a list of things Michael Bay did for this movie. Um, he forced Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage to film a scene with fire above their heads after they refused. He walked off set. <laughs> walked off set for the underwater entrance scene for two hours. Uh, and he stayed off set until they threatened to sue him for $70 million. Uh, um... It was oh, a stunning underwater scene, though. I mean, I could almost make out the submarine submersible thing they used. That somehow generated no bubbles as it pushed them straight through to Alcatraz. Um, oh, boy, what else? I, I had this big list of different awful decisions along the way. Um, he almost got fired at one point, but Sean Connery went to the meeting with the producers to mm -hmm. stop him from being fired. Probably because Sean Connery didn't want to be filming any longer was necessary. And if he would have been fired, they would have had to take another couple of weeks. Ed Harris almost quit because Michael Bay insists on shooting the same scene from six different angles. Yes. But then only using the close-up scene, which Ed Harris did not like <laughs> for several reasons. One, because he had to shoot it six times. And the other, because he insists that acting can be more than just your face, yes. which is a wild idea. Um well, oh. Michael Bay's favorite shot I noticed too. Every time somebody spoke, he liked to zoom into their face a lot. Yes, that was that was another complaint by <laughs> by all the actors. Um, this isn't as much. It doesn't sound like it was as much fun to film as uh, as the Transformers movies have been. <laughs> Were those reported to be fun? Yeah, everyone's supposed to have a good time on them. That's why they all keep coming back. Um, he originally wrote the script to be more serious. Yeah. He, they had to add the humor in. Um, oh, and then my favorite quote from anything I read about this movie. Uh, they wanted to shoot the whole movie in L.A. And Michael Bay refused and said, I got to shoot on this island because this island is so fucking bitching. So. <laughs> so they decided to shoot on the island. Sean Connery. First of all, having the pull to do this and also being a curmudgeon enough to do this. Didn't like having to fly on a helicopter back and forth because it wasted a couple of hours of it. So they had to build him a cottage on the island yes. for him and his family to stay in. So every day after shooting, he would just go to his cottage and everyone else had to ship out. Ship out. They were also doing tourists. They were still doing tour, tour, tours. Tours. Tours, yeah. Tours during the filming. I think there's a scene. There's supposed to be a scene where you can see people in the background, too. Um, they didn't have the budget to reshoot that, I guess. Uh, and the, the hostages. What, what happened to the hostages? They don't ever come up. Do they? I think at the very end when uh, they have the the, uh, the typical scene at the end where everyone says hi to everybody. 
hey, look, we're still here. Oh, your girlfriend, we, we flew her over to Alcatraz so you could see. And you see some of them walking off in the end. I think somebody said something too. Something really wrapped it up nicely. Wrapped it up nicely. Um, For some reason, they feel the need to take hostages when they have three nuclear bombs. Well, no, because uh, now, now, you, now you're just being silly. They would have just bombed the whole place if they didn't have the hostages. Because the gas wouldn't travel if you yeah, they just boom, you just vaporize it. Well, of course, because they, they were retro. Remember how they were retrofitting the, uh, oh, the yeah, missiles. Yeah. They had the missiles. They just didn't have any planes that shoot said missiles. Because our military does. What they've done is they've collected a bunch of warheads. They put them over here. And they collect missiles that sometimes work with those warheads. But those missiles only work with very special aircraft that somehow cannot be scrambled within the United States borders within an hour. Impossible. 24 hours. 24 hours. Because I think they clear them for like the last 30 minutes. They get told they can bomb them. At which point, Nicolas Cage pulls the flare move. Stops them. Stops him. Christ pose gets blown up, goes into the water, allowing survives. Sean, survives because Sean Connery then saves him again. Yes. Nicola, yeah. After saying he's leaving for the fourth time, the fifth time, I don't know. I lost track. Sean Connery really didn't want to be on this island. Well, it's not the island. He just wanted to go back to his cottage. Yeah, he was. He was over it. Both yeah. his character and him in real life. And his, he had to go meet his daughter. I. This wasn't Michael Bay's best, which is hard to say, because his best is still garbage. It's Frank Rockheimer's involved. Oh, we left out this positive, and I apologize to our listeners. The Pirates of the Caribbean theme <laughs> plays multiple times throughout this movie, <laughs> since it's a Jerry Bruckheimer and, and Hans film. And oh. <laughs> which Malcolm texted to me somewhere about halfway through the uh, the first 20 minutes of the movie and he says, has anybody noticed the uh, I Pirates of the insane. Caribbean? At which point I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, the music and suddenly that's all I could hear. It's it's constant. It plays it plays every time anything happens. It's it's almost more annoying than the Batman theme that Danny Elfman did in the first Batman series. So you only had three notes in the entire score. Um, okay, so we're going to probably say, I would say my least, the least worst part of this whole thing is the cast. But they're so, still pretty awful. But there was half of the cast is good. Half of the cast was crap. You say the, 12 points. 12 points to the cast. 12 points? Okay. And negativity. Specifically to anyone who's not John C. McGinley, Nicolas Cage, and Sean Connery. Yeah. They were, and Michael Bean, Michael Bean, thought, Michael Bean, when Michael Bean and uh, <laughs> I have my favorite part of the, with the those guys, Michael Bean and Ed Harris, both do a gruff off, an earnest off. Stand down! I will not stand down. Stand down! I have the high ground. I will not stand down. I mean, they just seemed like they were just yelling at see who could do tear the vocal cords out the most. I don't think Ed Harris has vocal cords he at this it. point. But Bean was keeping up with it. I don't know how how they made Ed Harris, who has basically played some version of this character, at this point probably 20 times, and now 100 times, and he was shot today. How did he not just fix all the dialogue that he was around? I, how, did not, how did any of them not fix it? I mean, Sean Connery was able to fix it, everything he said because he could order like tacos and sound good. 
It'd be fine. Tacos. Uh, you should have kept the long hair, too. Nicholas Cage. I like the long hair. Yeah. Nicholas Cage, obviously. I mean, he came up with every spin. I, I have a feeling that he gave a different spin, so many different spins to every line on every single take, and none of them was conventional. Because I have a feeling that if he would have just spoke monotone through the whole thing, Michael, or yelled, Michael Bay would have picked that scene every time. Every time. So somehow he put enough spin on Everyone's that. yelling all the time in this movie. Yes. So yeah, like 12 points to them. It's, it's that we, every, every week, it's okay. hard to separate the writing and directing. Here's yeah. what I put down. I'll okay. just give you a rundown line. Okay. I only went 8% on cast. I went 20% on script because... The chase, the opening scene, the dialogue. I mean, the dialogue was atrocious anyway. We don't really go to see a movie called The Rock for dialogue, though. But I just think the entire movie. Now, some of that has to go to the director, too. I gave him 14% because of the zoom-ins. And, I mean, he shot some of the stuff was was passable. His action scenes were okay. The car chase was, was horrible. Yeah, I mean, there's a scene, there's a solid 20 minutes where he decided... Them hanging out in a minecart underneath Alcatraz. Oh, we forgot because was there was the a way. Well, you got they, yeah, they did the whole Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Where did the minecart come from? It's under Alcatraz. You didn't know that? My there's favorite part is there's minecarts everywhere. There's a minecart and rails and rails <laughs> running through Alcatraz, suspended in the air a lot of times too. A 19, was it about, that'd be about 1850s? I did not get 1850s running through underneath. Meanwhile, they have to duck the electrical conduits and the sparks flying off of everything too. And the flames from the gas, the gas that's being supplied to the place. So. This, uh, Alcatraz was built in 1934. So that's when they retrofitted those mine tunnels a couple times apparently. Originally, that scene, I guess, was supposed to be floating minecarts, and that's the only thing I can find about it. Is floating. It was a floating minecart chase, and no one explains what that means, but Michael Bay has said the, the minecarts were suspended in the air, oh, and they were, be, like they were chasing each other in the minecarts after each other. So instead of on tracks, they were on the track above yeah. the suspended one, which was used, what movie we just saw a movie with that did we? Yeah, there was another not a Nicolas Cage movie, but they just did that recently in another movie. I well, they wanted to do it first. First, and they got shut down. Apparently, couldn't walk out a fifth time. Not that much pull. You, I, you, you see what I'm saying? Is between the script and the director, what actor was going to do good on this anyway? I mean, Nicolas Cage is fine. That's true, but he's a thespian, not an actor. He is, and that's the real issue, the crux of this of this issue. Um, I would just flip your directing and writing. You're saying director twenty percent, yeah, writing fourteen percent because yeah. the director could have said no. Doesn't seem he said he never said no to anything. Instead, he said we need more, more of those things. Things, yes. The movie would have been four hours long if he had his way. <laughs> With floating minecarts. With floating minecarts. <laughs> and Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery constantly put being put in real world danger. So where are we going? Okay, so why don't we split the dis- difference on the cat? What did you say? Twelve percent? Yeah, I said ten percent. We'll go ten percent. Ten percent. Ten percent cast. That leaves us with 
since we. Uh, you can do sixteen and sixteen on the writing and directing. Let's go. Let's go eighteen and fourteen 18 on the, 14. for director overriding. I'm fine with that. Okay, so we're going eighteen percent director. Yep. Fourteen percent script. Script. And cast ten percent. And you know, I think we should make an exception. We should take two percent off someone uh-huh. and give it to the special effects guy who made a gravestone that said whatever name his wife. <laughs> do you th- do you think this is one of those classic things like when they make the cakes? When they yeah. when they gave it to the special effects guy and they said his wife that they what they actually meant was saying uh you know make Fran- it make it about someone's wife. Yeah, Francis Hummel's wife. No, it's it his, his wife. wife. Francis Hummel go- Also his wife's buried in Arlington. And he then goes to apologize for what he's about to do to his wife. Doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) The script. I'm sorry. I'm just still picturing. The script says General General Francis X. Hummel goes to the gravesite of his wife, which reads his His, wife. His wife. It was awful. I rewound. I rewound. Because I didn't say anything until the end of the movie while I was watching it. I had to go back and rewatch that. That that was the, that jumped off the screen to me. His wife. It's it's like, half the gravestone. It is. It's huge. It's bigger than her name or anything else. I don't. And I, yeah, and the way he talks, it's like he's talking to the soldiers. He's trying to get medals for. Yes. But he. But it's his wife. Well, the first. Unless maybe maybe it was one of his soldiers was a female, and her defining feature was being the wife of the other person. That's I what know. I was looking at. I was trying to figure out if she had just died and she was served too. I was saying, and the line was, "I hope you don't think any less of me." And then he went. I get. I. Then he proceeds to try to commit mass murder. Mass murder. Oh my gosh, my brain is melting. I remember when we talked about this right after we watched it, I said it wasn't as bad as I remembered. It was worse than I ever could have imagined. Yeah. But it still wasn't as bad as I remembered. I saw this in the theater. Oh, I probably would have left. It was hard to finish the movie. Well, (laughs) you remember, in 1995, this was the height of, first of all, special effects and everything else. I mean, in historical context, it it was new. It was a different thing. Oh, it's only 52% now. Yeah. Or 58% now. 58% now. Um, Con Air, definitely, uh, in the next couple ones, he definitely ups the ante there. I think uh, Nicholas Cage learned to pick a better director. Yeah. That was a, once again, Cage saving the day. Well, we haven't decided the next movie. It'll be a, we're alternating, if you haven't noticed. All our fans out there listening, it'll be a new movie. Shout out to Belgium. Yep. Lots of Belgians listening. Thank you. And uh, go check out Nicolas Cage's new trailer for his biopic. That's not a biopic. <laughs> about about a fan paying off the rest of his debt to, to go film a movie with him, I think. Yes. And Nick Cage is playing himself and has already said, I will not be watching this movie when it comes out. <laughs> And yeah, it looks like possibly one of the most beautiful movies ever made. Yes. I mean, after Pig, he's only going up. A renaissance of the thespian himself. All right. Well, Straight Mickelson, Malcolm Mickelson, Cage Equation. Um, We hope you do come back next time. We will. uh, We get better every time. Every time. Every time we get better. 
So we're hoping to get a few more of these out pretty quick and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.